0: Hello. you gotta keep them outside, they're gonna claw at the door.
1: outside. By the way, thank you for taking her to the vet. I'm a good person. (laughs) Well, I don't know if I'd go that far.
0: I'm a good person. No, I
1: appreciate it.
0: Can you talk about your newest food obsession, please?
1: Oh, what I just
0: ate? Yeah, oh yeah. Because you've had it, what, four days in a row now?
1: Not four days.
0: I think it's close to four (laughs) days. I think it's pretty close to four days. And listen, as somebody who eats the same thing every single morning, I'm not casting any judgment on it, but you are hyper, hyper loving your new meal, which please explain.
1: Two fried eggs. And? (laughs) With a little Oaxaca cheese melted. And? The most wonderful salsa verde over the top.
0: What that Im- i made homemade that you made and what inspired it chilaquiles chilaquiles shout out
1: to sandra elstein in mexico city yeah
0: cuz you sent me the recipe you are you're putting that green salsa on everything
1: oh my god it's so good
0: what about it do you is resonating it's, so so much with you right now it's
1: so green it's so bright though we have to call it <clears throat> salsa verde a la alex her husband Because he doesn't like spicy. Right. So I didn't put the serrano pepper in, which saddens my heart every time I eat it. Right. But um, dad can't eat spicy right now. So it was initially for him. On Father's Day, I made him chiliquiles.
0: How long do you think you're going to eat it?
1: Right now, at least until that tub of...
0: Oh, my God, that's a huge tub. Green salsa. (laughs) That's a massive tub of salsa. (laughs) That's going to be like two straight weeks of salsa for you. It could be. It could be. I mean, listen, I'm not here to judge. Like I said, I eat the same friggin' thing every single morning. But
1: you know what? Here, here's the thing, though. Here's hmm. the thing. You crack the eggs into a hot pan. Yep. And then I put the Oaxaca cheese, literally lay them gently over the egg.
0: I mean, how gentle? Very gentle because I don't want the yolk to I break. need you to really conjure up <laughs> an image of what gently laying cheese on eggs looks like.
1: So that it will melt but not break the yolk.
0: That's pretty gentle. Wow.
1: But then what happens is as the cheese does melt, Mm -hmm. it goes to the edges and creates this crispy love stuff. It's just great.
0: Okay, well, let's start the podcast. (laughs) Okay, let's do it. Welcome to the Deb and Kev Podcast. One is a Harvard Business School alum, the other is her son discussing business, pop culture, family, and everything in between. Now, here are your hosts, Deb and Kev.
1: All right. Hey, hi,
0: hello, and welcome to the Deb and Kev podcast. Hey, right there. She's Deb. I'm Deb. She's my mom. I'm Kev, and I'm her son, and this is our podcast. And, And first off, right off the bat, I think we both want to say an extremely heartfelt thank you to all of those who listened to the first episode, the, the feedback and positive responses we received were beyond humbling, and we can't thank you guys enough for taking the time out of your busy and hectic schedules to listen to us chat. It was a blast for us, and we hope you learned and laughed and loved <laughs> and all other L-word verbs. Um, we'll continue to try and create some great content that resonates with all of you, both on a personal and professional level. Anything... You want to add?
1: No, we got, we got pretty good feedback. Notice how
0: I complimented all of you, and Deb just didn't have anything nice to <laughs> no, say.
1: No, we got good feedback. Uh, Daddy was our harshest critic.
0: Yeah, but that was like way to be expected.
1: <laughs> exactly. And even then, he was positive. I mean, he was positive, super positive. Super I mean, positive. he said
0: if I was to nitpick anything, it's that I would have liked it to be a little more regimented. Which, if <laughs> exactly. you know, my father is like, uh, no duh, that's what you wanted. Like, of course, you wanted to be more regimented. He's the guy when we go on vacation. He's like, all right, so what are the what's the itinerary for today? Exactly. Nine a.m., eleven, noon, little nap. Where are we going to go see? What are we going to go do? So. Makes sense to us that our free form way of thinking maybe didn't resonate with him so yeah.
1: much. Yeah, he um the perfect vac- we finally got we finally established good vacations when we insisted that he have a golf day every day mm-hmm.
0: at seven a.m. Yeah,
1: that he leave to be at a golf course. The
0: best vacation apparently was us limiting our time with him. Is exactly. what you're saying?
1: <laughs> and then he's he's free to show up sometime after lunch. Right. And we get to do whatever we want before then, right. which would normally mean relaxing. Well, so here's opinion. what <laughs> Deb actually
0: did is she said, hey, you golf in the morning. So he's usually awake by, you know, four thirty five o'clock. His tee time's at 7.30. That's four, four and a half hours. So that takes you into noon, noon thirty. And then he's a napper. So then he comes back around 1, naps for an hour, hour and a half. So we really don't have to do anything with him until like (laughs) 2.30 on vacation days. And I think it actually works best for all of us, him included.
1: We have a late lunch, and then the day goes on. It's terrific. And we're all in good
0: spirits, and nobody feels rushed or hurried.
1: Yes. He um, is uncomfortable. With our boundary-busting lifestyle. Yeah, our lack of boundaries. (laughs)
0: Our severe, severe lack of boundaries, which, if you know us, makes a total sense. It does. Um, So one of the things that you and I talked about after we listened to the first episode, and I think you listened to it more than I did, I just can't, I hate my voice. I can't stand it. It sounds like... It's a form of punishment when I listen to it. There's something in my throat that I just can't get out, and I hate it. But one of the things we talked about is there were some some errors that you that you made i didn't say that you made it i would have never even noticed it but you said you made some errors i did so in trying to think of things to add to this podcast i've just been coming up with segment ideas and so we're just going to call this segment take it back
1: (laughs) take it back oh good
0: take it back does
1: it does it come off the podcast it's
0: never going to come off the podcast but you have hindsight now Mm -hmm. to undo what you said Mm -hmm. in the previous podcast and so i know there's a couple things you want to take back Mm -hmm. and this is what we're going to do we're going to keep a running tally of all the times (laughs) you and i make a mistake and we will just you know we'll give everybody a heads up where the standings are and who's ever um, you know, at the end of the year whoever has the most takebacks, we can They lose? They lose, they win. We'll we'll figure out some kind of But wait a minute. Here's the difference between you and I. Yeah.
1: I am like surprisingly enlightened with my mm, own mistakes. Super <laughs> humble, too. <laughs> and you on the other hand, think like you're just perfect.
0: Okay, there goes that self-esteem.
1: So, my takebacks. It
0: this will be this will have to be the honesty policy, you have to own it. <laughs> okay. There's not going to be judgment on it outwardly. <laughs> but we will make sure that when we take it back, we 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 honestly felt something needed to be retracted for some reason.
1: Okay, I'm going to take my step By back. By all means. Here's the thing I want you to remember, though. People have to actually listen to the next podcast to know what the takebacks are.
0: Oh, yeah, no, for sure. So, So, I mean, this is a genius way. If you're listening to this podcast episode out of sequence, I mean, you're really, really hurting yourself. You have no idea what you're talking about. So, not only do you need to listen to this podcast, you need to go back and listen to the first one maybe a couple times to truly understand what's happening.
1: So, here were the two things that are for sure take backs. Oh, yeah. I call the high school kids that live behind us stupid.
0: Yeah, that was a big boomer <clears throat> moment Which I for felt you.
1: was a little bit harsh as soon as it came out of Could room.
0: have been. I don't know them. They could be really great. I, I did don't... see. I actually drove by <laughs> the other day, and I saw that they have one of those, like, 2020 signs because they couldn't walk. They couldn't actually graduate. Their, their senior uh, season was cut so short. So they were high school seniors. So you, it was, like, even worse because you rubbed salt in that wound okay. that these kids are never going to be so able to see their friends again.
1: I didn't literally mean they were stupid. I'm sure they're bright and lovely. What they are are loud.
0: Very loud. Yeah.
1: And so that's really their only crime as far
0: as I'm concerned. Which is par for the course for high school For high
1: school students, perfectly right. normal, totally within the range of normal. So I was doesn't like mean to we d-
0: like them still, but I I want to take back within, stupid. Yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: It was harsh and I didn't mean it. Then the other thing that I said was I said I love looking at you because behind you mm-hmm. what I said was are photo albums on the wall. Right. They're not photo albums, they're record albums. They are.
0: But it would be funny if we did have photo (laughs) albums of like the Doobie Brothers and Boston and John and Yoko. I mean, it would be really weird if we did, but it'd be kind of cool too. Kind of cool,
1: but they're not photo albums at all. They're record albums. And then I have one other thing. Those were my two, really, wanna take it back. Yeah. This isn't a wanna take it back. So we're at two right now. Yeah, okay. I have one more. This is just mm, not a wanna take it back, but I wish I would have phrased it a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. When you asked me the business questions. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And you uh, said, you know, like, I think you said something like, you know, for a small business or a big business or da-da-da-da, you know, like 90, 98% of the businesses in America are small businesses. Sure. It's defined as 500 employees or less. Um, we certainly know that big business, they have good HR protocols, hopefully. Good hiring
0: techniques in place. Thinking of like McDonald's, Procter & Gamble, We We, we kind of think they've got it I still down, think hopefully. they could learn from us, but I hey, hate that. They speak.
1: could learn from us, possibly. But we were probably talking more to smaller businesses. I'm going to say 50 employees and less so is that, in that
0: instance. Does that take it back a reflection on me? Well, I Are think, you trying to give me a take back? I think,
1: <laughs> I think what I heard was small business. Oh my gosh. That's what I heard in the question. And then my brain started going, mm-hmm. but then you went on to kind of say, or oh, a big business or whatever else you said. I
0: feel you're, you're very you, accusatory right now.
1: Your arms went wide. Well,
0: I have long arms.
1: Well, <laughs> no, but. I obviously quit listening okay. at some point. So we're going to give you two and a so half, and not, apparently I, I get the other half of not that take back. a take back, but part of it should be yours. You're right.
0: I, I was going to feel obligated to do a take back. Oh, good. But now that you gave me one, <laughs> I'm not sure I feel as as willing and able. But I guess to— You're going to sleep better if you say it. Oh, I sleep great anyways. But I, I, I guess I would have piggybacked, so I'm going to give you one too, is that your very rude <laughs> remark about those high schoolers, which was just <laughs> savage, was then piggybacked by me saying like, well, I think they're college kids, but college kids are stupid too. But I don't really want to take that back because having been a college kid yeah, for four years at yeah. that, I was very stupid. And so when I say yeah. college kids are stupid, I get to say that because I was one. So I don't know that I take yeah. that back, but... If I half take it back and I combine it with your half, then I take one full back. So I guess we'll call it. Two, two? No, two, one. (laughs) Okay. I don't have two to take back.
1: Two, one. I'll go with two, one. Because I was really firm on my two. Yeah. Yeah. The photo albums and the stupid high school kids, who now we know are only loud.
0: They are only loud. Yeah. But man, they were up till midnight that one night. They're loud. And they have the the retired cop next door, too.
1: I know. Why isn't he out there?
0: I think we know why he's not
1: out there. Let's not say it.
0: Okay, so <laughs> the toughest part for me when it comes to this is like segueing because I love all of these segments, but I don't know that they necessarily flow into one another. Mm-hmm. So that's what I have to work on. Maybe I could call a new segment. What does Kevin need to work on? <laughs> Only for the podcast, Deb. Nothing else life related. Wait a
1: minute, I can bring up something though. I have something to contribute. Okay, here we
0: go. Because I want to say that yesterday we were talking about this podcast. <laughs> And I was coming to the table with a bunch of ideas, which is absolutely fine. I do not feel the need to pressure you to come to the table with ideas, but you are like, hey, one day I might come <laughs> to the table with ideas. Less than 24 hours later, here we are.
1: No, no. This is just a little reminder. Sure. Do you remember what we ended with on our last podcast? The meal? No. Ended.
0: I mentioned the sewing machine. Oh, sure.
1: We could talk about that.
0: Yeah, so the sewing machine uh, that I picked up off (laughs) the street street. corner (laughs) is insanely cool. It's uh, Singer sewing machine model number 16-66, and it's a collapsible sewing uh, machine, meaning it folds into the table itself and then acts just as like a normal end table. And we've had it in the living room for the last week because we've just been adding orange glow to it because the thing is just like sucking up. All the oil, and it's insane because it's this relic that works because we plugged it in. The light works, the machine works. I'm sure, as somebody who sews, you know its functionality and it seems to do, seems to work perfectly, totally fine. And so now
1: all the original parts, which is
0: insane. Yep. And you find you found clippings in there from like 20 years ago from the old woman who was using you know part of the Reno Gazette Journal to hold her bobby pins. And no, not bobby pins. What are they? Bobby
1: pins are for the hair. Safety pins. No, these were the little pins pin like the pin clothes. Pins, pins.
0: Straight I was, pins. I no, only know three types of pins. Straight pins. So it was okay. one of three. And um, my, only, my only question now is am I going to save it? Because it is super duper cool. If I save it, what on earth am I going to use it for? <laughs> and then if I sell it, how can I sell it? And what is the actual desire for the singer sewing machines on the open market.
1: Well, okay. So I love the idea of you having it, yep. right? I mean, mm-hmm.
0: that is amazing. And again, I don't sew.
1: But I look Spoiler forward alert, in your life I and don't think sew. you're not going to sew. Okay, ever. Right. And uh, I can't see you like hemming pants
0: or... Don't know how to hem. Yeah. Not, not a big hemming. like
1: that, right? And so part of me goes, there are people who sew... That would just love to add. I mean, because it works, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, it has the original little Singer box with all the little different feet and the instructions and the original tube of Singer oil for the machine. It has everything. So my thought is there is somebody that would put that in their house and that would use it and love it. And you should sell it. And then, hey, it's very Gary V. Come on.
0: Yeah, and so if anybody is an avid or aspiring sewer Mm -hmm. and you think this might be right up your alley, I will sell it to you at a cut rate price, no more than $5,000, no more than $5,000. That is a bargain at twice the price. We will deliver it for that. I will deliver it within two miles of where we live. (laughs) That is a Kevin guarantee, cheap price, right to your doorstep, Only serious buyers please and it
1: takes up little or no room takes up no room it's very small yeah but awesome super cool
0: Yeah. okay so last week we talked about hiring and you know hiring is fairly one-sided because it's an employer hiring an employee and this week we're gonna talk about training and now this is maybe not equal parts it's not a 50 50 relationship but both both parties have to come to the table willing and ready to teach And you learn, and if there's one thing that, having been around you and having have my own coaching certificate, the thing that I hear a lot from friends and 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 um, clients is training, 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 training. It seems to be more important now than ever, and employees are like demanding it almost to unnecessary levels.
1: Employees are aggressive about training. Super
0: duper aggressive. Where what's funny is you and I are like, hey, just give us enough information (laughs) to be dangerous and let us go. I mean, I don't want to spend any more time training than I have to. I think I'm smart enough to understand X, Y, and Z. I think I can take whatever I'm supposed to do, you know, turn it into something that makes sense for me and then go out and accomplish the goal. But a lot of people want like a thorough, detailed, this is my job, this is what I do at Nine o'clock. This is what I do at 10 o'clock. This is the, this is my, you know, script for calling people. This is and people really want that detailed level of training. So when we talk about that today in today's, you know, business climate of 2020, what, what are some of the, the most important things you think about training? So, Both from an employee and an employer standpoint.
1: Okay. Again, always in no specific order. But <clears throat> I do want to say this. I'm sorry I have a little frog in my throat, but I kind of keep, you know. Well, you I have know, water right there if you want I, to drink some. I know, some. but I, I thought I wasn't allowed. Well, you're allowed to drink water time. if
0: you have a frog in your throat. But what you can't do <laughs> is knock that water over all over the table like you did last time. <laughs> because then that kind of halts the podcast. It does.
1: It does. Okay. So uh, – Okay, on the training piece of it, I do think it's a 50-50 thing. I think it's kind of like the student and the teacher, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, everybody has to participate fully in order for it to be successful. What I do want to say about new employees, and this is not necessarily a training thing, Um, But I think especially small business doesn't do a good enough job of genuinely welcoming the person to work. Mm -hmm. And by welcoming, I mean, like, literally welcoming them. Like, I think sometimes they're so desperate for the person to work, they just kind of throw them in the fray and try to get them started. And that's when things genuinely, you know, it doesn't start out right. So I suggest things like, you know, they come into work, you show them where to put their things, you give them a little tour of the office. I mean, explain how the coffee maker works if that's necessary. Mm -hmm. If there are treats and snacks there, explain what they have access to. Show them where the refrigerator is. I mean, all of that stuff is kind of a welcoming. I know um, a lot of businesses I work for have like, I'm just going to call it like a little swag bag. They might have a company coffee cup and, you know, some other little things in a bag as Mm -hmm. a welcoming. I think on the first day, it would be nice to arrange for somebody to take the person to lunch with them. So that they can, you know, that that's, that they're well taken care of, at least the first day. So I want to say, create a nice welcoming, as if I know they're not a guest, but let's treat them like that, at least day one,
0: all right? then. Sure. I think that, I mean, I think that might be, like people might say, yeah, of course. But I've experienced it where you go into work the very first day, you don't have really any semblance of what's happening, and you're immediately pawned off to not a superior, but to just an equal level employee. And they're giving you just the crashiest of crash courses on kind of how everything works because now they're trying to get back to do their
1: Right, their because job. they've got a job to do. Totally. Which kind of brings us to the second part. I think everybody needs to have, I'm just going to say a mentor, friend, guide. I mean, somebody that like, hey, you can bug this person with questions. Sure. I mean, this is your person. Like, you know, if, if it's the owner taking you around, they go, hey, Deb, this is Kev, like you get to bug him with questions as much as you want. I mean, other people might be involved in your training, but this is your guy. Sure. You know, you get to ask him everything. So then Kevin knows he's going to get bugged by the new person, mm-hmm. right? And I know who to go to and not to feel bad about doing it. I think, um, I think the biggest thing to figure out is how a person wants to be trained, because I think you just did a good example of saying, I don't want a lot of detail. I don't want to sit reading things all day. I don't want to have to listen to a 1,000 training videos and all of that that if I don't have to. That is my absolute
0: nightmare. I'll quit by noon.
1: You'll quit by noon. So you want it kind of in a nutshell and then let you get your hands into it to try it, whatever it is. So there are people like you. There are people who actually love the videos and really want to read totally. all the data, if you will.
0: More traditional employees, more normal human beings.
1: More normal human beings, exactly. And they want to be able to dot their I's and cross the T's and, you know, not step into it until they really feel like they're ready. If, right. Um, I also think there are people that learn really well by having a verbal conversation with them and mm-hmm. explaining things. And there are other people that learn better by reading things. Sure. So you should, I mean, training materials need to be, you know, show up in several different formats. Right. Because we want people to learn the best way they learn, mm-hmm. you know. And then at some point, of course, there's the hands-on. You've got to try it. You've got to do it. Right. Here's how it goes. I do think um, there was one company we worked for. And I don't know if you remember this, but we actually created a training um, a schedule for them. And we sort of took all their tasks, and we weren't attached to how they did it. Right. But we took all the tasks, day one, day two, day three, day four. We listed them out, and it was a sheet basically for the trainee and the trainer. Okay. And so it made sure that they captured every item. Right. And then they both initialed and dated it when they felt the training was complete mm. and the person could, fact, in fact, execute. And the nice thing about having that. Is that you can go back to it and say, wait, we did this two weeks ago and you felt really confident, confident enough to sign up on it, mm-hmm. to sign off on this. So what is the problem now? Where is the mix up? You know, where did we go? And it kind of keeps accountability on both sides of it, sure. which is the 50-50 Got thing it. we're talking about. I also think that um, it's really important to solicit the opinion of the new employee. Mm-hmm. Like, how is it going? How are you receiving the training? Do we need to go faster? Do we need to go slower? You know, here's what we need you to do. Right. I mean, really back and forth feedback to keep them um, really involved and invested in their own training. So
0: obviously I agree with all of that. I think of training as really weird because training isn't over until it's over. And right. for some people, that's not that's not just an arbitrary day of, well, hey, you showed up on Monday. We trained all week. It's now Friday starting next monday you are now free to go about your business i know this is going to be a very fluid question but typically how long is a train a training supposed to last for somebody to where you then look at them and say they should be able to handle 95 percent of their job role while acknowledging that five percent is just going to be the stuff that comes at them that they never could have anticipated, and we would have never trained because it would have just been so ridiculous to cover that topic.
1: So, I want to say, first of all, that I want to eliminate highly technical jobs from this, sure. where it really, <clears throat> training goes on and on. I mean, and it's very, very involved because that's a whole different thing yeah. than what we're talking about. I always say to business owners when you hire somebody, can they pay for themselves in the first 30 days? And really what that means is, are they up and running in the first 30 days? Now, does that mean every question is answered? No, because there's things that only come across your desk once a quarter. And of course, then we have to show them that. But the majority of their job, they're at it, they're functioning, and they're really paying for themselves the first 30 days. So I think, you know, to say that training um, could last 30 days is not unreasonable, Sure. Um, but I think... What happens is training starts, then you see the person start to take tasks that they can really own and be responsible for, and then some of it is real work they're doing, some of it is training, and then more and more it becomes real work. Hopefully, in 30 days, they've more, they, they're they paying for themselves and you're well-staffed
0: and can move forward. All right. Tie a ribbon on that for us.
1: Okay. So, I think you need to welcome the new employee. Yep. I want it to be good. I want them to feel good on the first day and I want you to feel good about them if you're the employer. Sure. I want there to be, I want you to explain to them the training schedule, kind of what it looks like, what they can expect. So they are well versed in your expectations Mm -hmm. and what they're supposed to do as far as performance. I think there should be a conversation with them about how they like to learn because it'll go faster for both of you and they will appreciate that consideration. I think that um, weekly feedback, weekly, daily, feed, daily. I'm going to say daily feedback the first week and then weekly feedback. Sure. And that means them feeding, giving you information too, yeah. like this isn't working so well for me. Could mm-hmm. we do this or that? I mean, both ways. And then um, have some kind of, I want to say sign off, like, hey, I know how to do this. Not only do I know how to do it, the person that trained me agrees that I know how to do it. And then I think there comes a day when we literally, it's it's like they graduated where we say, we think you're doing a, an
0: awesome job. Let's move forward. Got it. Perfect. So what do you do? And this is just, I'm just, this is my last question as it relates to this, is we know people who like crave to be mentored. It mm-hmm. is, I mean, it is their thing. And I, when I say that, images pop into both of our heads we and, and we know who they are. If training is meant to be, a certain timeline. Mentorship can in in, in essence be forever. Yep. Yeah. If if an employee comes to a boss or a superior and says, like, hey, I would really enjoy the idea of you being my mentor, how much responsibility then falls on that manager or that superior acknowledging that they also have a job to do? And th- right. they can't set aside two hours a day to kind of groom this h- however eager employee.
1: So I think mentorship is an important thing and not to be taken lightly. So don't mentor if you don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. that's number one. Number two, um, I think, you know, you need what if somebody said to me, I want you to mentor me. Mm-hmm. I would look at them and say, what are you looking for? What are your expectations? Sure. Because I want to know if I can fulfill those. And sometimes the best person to be your mentor actually isn't your boss. It's somebody else. Totally. And maybe even somebody else out of that business. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just think that's um, it's an important relationship. It shouldn't be gone into lightly. And you should really, nobody should ask for a mentorship hoping that it's creating opportunity for them, you know, because it is their boss at work. Got it. I mean, the mentor Can't have an ulterior motive with yeah, that request. yeah, yeah. It should really be about their own growth.
0: Fair enough. Anything else on that subject?
1: No, but here's the thing that I really want to say, the umbrella over it all. Yeah. Guess what? What? We need to train people. Oh,
0: my gosh, I know.
1: I mean, they have to be trained. We can't just throw them into the work.
0: I mean, you could do that to me. I'd much rather baptism by fire.
1: But, okay, so I'm going to give you one example. Now we're going to oh, go down a I mean, rabbit hole. I'm just hole letting here. you know
0: you can't. Don't try to explain years my emotions ago, to me. This is how I feel.
1: But years ago, I went to work as executive vice president for a private aviation company. Right. So private jets and all of that. Mm-hmm. I knew a wealth about business, of course, but I knew nothing about private aviation, which, by the way, is an entire business based on acronyms. So the first C-level meeting I sat
0: in, I had mm-hmm. no idea what anybody What's said. What's a sea What's a C-level meeting? <laughs>
1: okay. I had no idea what anybody was talking about because sure. everything was just a world of acronyms. And all the right?
0: ADG is making exactly. sure that the RFK exactly. is suitable exactly. with the
1: L3M. 100%. And of course, those are all do, real terms that I just remembered. They do the aviation. Alpha Bravo totally. Charlie totally. thing right. too that. Nobody
0: actually knows. People will tell you that they know what it means. Nobody has any idea. Oh my what god, that is.
1: I used to practice in the car driving to work. Sure. It was ridiculous. But so there was a whole world of language that I had to learn. Mm-hmm. And it became very clear to me that no one, none of my peers was about to help me or teach me. Right. So I actually found somebody that worked for me and said, hey, you got to help me. I mean, learn the language of this and do that. Um, There is always, no matter where you are, there's a certain amount of training that happens. But
0: I think that actually proves my point, which is you said, I have to learn this. So- I need to A, understand, I, I need to A, know what the, the lingo is, but then the onus is on you to learn it. And at the point that you are maybe, you know, feel like you're hitting your head against the wall, you looked at somebody else and you're like, come teach this to me. Right. Right. Now. right. That's kind of what I mean is knowing your own strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. I, I, like when I have a sales pitch, if I'm walking into a company all of these people should have their own version of the same sales pitch, right? So right. all I want to hear is your version. Cause if I hear your version of it, I can write it down and I can tinker with it. And then I can say it back in my head and practice it over and over and over again till it feels authentic and real coming from me. And it's saying the exact same thing as, you know, John Doe over there, but it's in words that make sense to who I am and right. feel natural coming from me. But that is like, when I say baptism by fire, it's, Let me go find all the things that I need to learn to feel really comfortable with this position. And then if there's the nuts and bolts that you need to teach me that you think are important, great. But there is a lot of, you know, self-motivation that comes with that.
1: So you don't want to sit in the um, conference room for a week-long
0: orientation. I can't think of anything worse than that. Okay.
1: okay. So, you know, you I mean, I
0: can't think of things that are worse, but that would be— My nightmare. So
1: then, I would say to somebody like you, and I do believe I have said this to you—35
0: years—in
1: the interview process, you probably need to make that declaration of having work. And
0: and I think I have. And in that moment, I think employers were previous who heard it were like, "Oh, wow, isn't this guy great? He's he knows himself well. He knows what his limitations are. Isn't that great?" And then push comes to shove, and they're like, oh, yeah, but this is how we do it, sit in this conference room for eight Welcome hours over to the, the next conference five days. Room. Exactly. exactly.
1: Exactly, yeah. No, you have an obligation. When you know that stuff about yourself, you have an obligation to share it, right? I mean, it's kind of like important. fair warning. Right,
0: this is maybe dovetailing, but it goes back to, to hiring, which is you're hiring a certain person to fill a job role. And in that conversation, you need, as the employee, need to say what, you're coming to the table with and if this job is highly technical or it's really data-driven and you're dealing with a lot of numbers and you're going to be staring at spreadsheets for seven hours a day you and i would never do that job no, no matter need. how much money was offered to us yeah, we no would we would never do. do that job we
1: would take way less money and be happy doing something totally else. yeah
0: but we need to come to the table and say that we yeah. can't have the expectation that well i know this is the job requirement And I'm showing up to do this job because you hired me, but I'm going to hate every minute of it. Truth be told, we wouldn't apply for that. Of course we wouldn't. We're not insane people. Are
1: we done with training now? I'm so
0: done with training. I couldn't be more done with it. Next week, we're going to talk about management and the employee-boss relationship because I think that's probably the most involved where hiring might take a month. Training might take a month. The, The relationship between employee and employer can last indefinitely and i think there there's a lot of meat to to chew on as it relates to that topic but um we're going to try to narrow it down to some of the the fundamentals
1: uh, awesome Perfect. you good with that i'm good with that all
0: right so one of the things that people really liked and so i'm just going to try to pander to the people oh, okay. is the one minute hypothetical which i really like too because i don't
1: know that i loved it that I much and i'm it. not sure that anybody told me they loved the one that's minute that's okay
0: i I'm, I'm pretty sure i remember or dreamt about people really liking it so regardless, I think we need to do the one-minute hypothetical again. And listen, it might become redundant at some point in time. So
1: this is the only part that kind of makes me sick to my oh stomach my and gosh.
0: Nice. Yeah. It makes you sick to your stomach?
1: And nervous.
0: Okay. Not sick do, like I'm going to get You're going to say something sick. really not bad like and we're going to no, get no, no. sued and they're going to take the house from us. Well, <clears> no. not me. I don't own the house. I just, just live in it. Just a little anxious. Okay. Okay. It, it, this makes you anxious? Yes. Good. Great. I, if you're not uncomfortable, <laughs> we're not doing a podcast, right? Okay. All right. So last week we did like theft, potential theft. Mm -hmm. I'm going to try to flip it. I'm going to make you the employee this week. And again, as last week, as will be all one-minute hypotheticals, I'm just coming up with this off the top of my head. I haven't even thought about this. That's
1: probably part of what makes me nervous. Great. (laughs) Love
0: it. So if you're the employee, right? I am the employee. And let's say you've been in the job for six months. The job is inconsequential. And there are a couple levels of management above you mm-hmm. but your immediate boss yeah has been less than HR friendly with how they handle you nothing explicit there's no grabbing or touching and there's no cat calling but they're kind of demeaning there's some serious passive aggressiveness um, when something doesn't go well they lash out I mean they apologize for it but come on the damage is already done how do you handle that being relatively new but familiar enough with the company Knowing who their superior is, let's even say you had a conversation with this person, but it continues to happen. How do you handle that moving forward um, to make it a healthy working relationship to where you don't feel alienated and that person doesn't feel as though you went over their head? Three qualifying questions before you give the answer for a minute.
1: Okay, so you said there was no touching or anything
0: weirdly. No, no, this isn't like. Well, you go report it, and then the 2020 climate they get canceled.
1: Okay, so um, can you give me an example of the kind of thing they said or did? Sure.
0: So let's just say you're working at your cubicle, and it's just a quiet afternoon. The, the The person's office is, you know, kind of across the hall, and they come out and they walk up to your cubicle and they. Throw some papers down. Like, how many times do I have to tell you this is how we do this? I'm sick and tired of this. So it's kind of public. It certainly doesn't feel good. They don't even really elaborate about what it is. So then that on- onus is on you to go ask what it, what the issue was.
1: Okay. So. Uh, that's one question. That's one question. Yep. Okay. Got that. So does this person treat everybody like that?
0: It's it's pretty common their their frustrations, I don't want to say their anger, but their frustrations can can hit anybody at any any time.
1: Okay. So and Again, not, they're not
0: the boss.
1: Right. So it's not just me.
0: No, but it maybe sometimes it feels like it's just you.
1: Right, right. So, how does this person interact with their boss?
0: Oh, great. It's <laughs> rainbows and unicorns, cookies and milk. Okay. I don't know what any of that just meant, but you get the idea. I got the
1: idea. Okay. So what I want to say first of all is- um, Are you answering right now? What? Are you giving an answer right now? Oh, because we're going to do the one minute. Because you
0: have a minute. Okay, go. All right. In three, two, one, start your minute.
1: First of all, I think um, you have to confront the stuff sooner than later because mm-hmm. as it builds, we then make it a bigger deal. And when we ultimately confront it, we use catastrophic language. We don't want to do that, sure. right? so i think the first piece of the confrontation is hey that doesn't exactly inspire or motivate me to do good work for you i mean could we tone it down i mean i know this is your style yeah. but it really doesn't work for me that's number one okay. number two if it continues on i think you just have to go to another source whether it's the person ahead of over them or hr or somebody and just say this is creating a really negative work environment, not just for me, but for them as well. Mm-hmm. And I think this is the per- perfect thing to say. I think it's a coaching moment for them, for him and I, or she and I, or whoever, um, because then that shows that you're not trying to you, that you don't have an ulterior motive. Sure. Right. That's what I think you should do.
0: And time again, you and I don't really know. If I don't that's know if that's right, the best but that idea. sounds super reasonable.
1: Here's what I want to say. Yeah. The fact that this person is kind of terrible to everybody below them mm-hmm. and the fact that this person can control themselves with the people above them, mm-hmm. you know, that tells us something. For sure. So they have they have control of themselves. There's at least one scenario where they have perfect control of themselves. That means that they're completely indulging themselves. With people that they deem less powerful, of course, than them. So, like to me, that's a bad thing. <clears throat> but still, if I am the subordinate, I want to approach it in a pretty positive way. Mm-hmm. And I think when you say something, especially when you go to HR or to the other boss or somebody outside, and you say, "Hey, this is a coaching moment for us," sure. then it doesn't feel threatening. But they have to take issue with it. I mean, then trying what to happens keep it if, it positive. if you
0: immediately get fired? What? Then what happens if you immediately get fired?
1: If I immediately got fired for yeah. saying that
0: how, how much of the company do you own after that
1: yeah oh, I mean I shouldn't immediately get fired and if I immediately got fired we'd have a bigger problem than that yeah no that would that shouldn't happen
0: I think that's a good answer again I have no idea if that would work but I f- it feels like it would work
1: kind of uh, the one thing I do want to add to this is kind of depends on the culture of the company mm-hmm. there are some companies where that just is unacceptable and it would be well the criticism would be re- well received mm-hmm. meaning by like HR or somebody yep. and there are other places where Kind of the nature of the beast, and 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 that determines whether or not how confrontive you're going to be.
0: Great, yeah. all, I love it. And now that we're talking about the workplace and we're talking about how we handle ourselves, let's segue into the younger generation. Okay? Oh no! And I am <laughs> so beyond excited for this next <laughs> this next exercise because. One of the things that I think you and I are really good at is you have a ton of questions about my generation and younger, and I have a ton of questions about your generations and older, and we try to find a commonality between the two, and and you educate me and I educate you. But, you know, my generation and younger are constantly coming to the table with new and different things. So I like to call (laughs) this segment, Use It in a Sentence. Oh, no. So I have in front of me words that are well-known and used um, by my generation and younger. And what I want is for you to take that word, and maybe you don't know what it is, but just try to do your best to use it in a sentence, and I'll tell you if you're close, um, and then ultimately I'll tell you what it means.
1: Well, wait a minute. I okay. want one thing to Let's say. Let's wait a minute. Okay. Recently I've come to you, yep. meaning over the past month, mm-hmm. and said...
0: Don't say any of the words because they might be in here. Oh, so okay. So don't give it away. Oh, okay. 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 Uh, were you, then I'll, were you, no. gonna, you were going to try to beat me to the punch. <laughs> I I didn't know what they were. I already know didn't know what they were. So here's the first word. We're going to do five. Okay. okay. And we actually talked about this word the other day. Okay. Use the word stan in a sentence. Oh, yeah. I don't remember what that is. But just go ahead and try to use it in a <laughs> sentence anyways. Okay. Stan. Stan. Wasn't, S-T-A-N. Wasn't,
1: wasn't there something that went before stan that made it? No. Yeah, I yeah.
0: Mean, Stan is kind of a, a post-qualifier for sure. There's a little <laughs> hint for you. Just use it. There is no right or wrong answer. I mean, there's definitely a wrong answer, <laughs> but there's no there's right wrong or wrong answer. answer.
1: There's a right answer and a wrong answer. Mm-hmm. Why would you even say that?
0: So here's what I'll say. Give me your best use of it <laughs> okay. in a sentence, and then I'll tell you what it means, and then you can, again, try to use it in a sentence. <laughs>
1: okay, so I um, – let me think here. I was going – to the
0: ocean. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're right on. I love where this is headed. I was
1: going to the ocean, and I decided. Oh, as I
0: looked at the beach, mm-hmm. I thought, "Stand." Sweet. It's, it's like it's part. kind of like a Batman I thing, have right? No idea. It's like a boom, pow, stand. Exactly. Love it. And I, that You might have actually coined a new <laughs> way of using the word Stan. Okay, so here's what Stan is, and it, it's a reference to an old Eminem song named Stan, mm, and it's a stalker funny, I don't fan. Know that. A stalker Soccer fan. Right? So you're not just a fan, you're a huge fan on the verge of stalking. So we would call you a Dr. Phil Stan.
1: D- quit saying that about Dr. Phil. It's Everybody not Everybody loves true. Dr. Phil. That is First of all, That's everybody doesn't love Dr. Phil, and I am not a stand. Listen,
0: it's not in a creepy way, but I will use it as a my mom religiously watches Dr. <laughs> Phil. She's a big DP stand. <laughs>
1: You're <laughs> killing me. If we're going to go, if we're going to do this.
0: Yeah. Okay, O for 1. O for 1. Okay. Here's one that I think you'll absolutely get.
1: Okay. T. Oh. Okay, so Kevin. Mm hmm. I was with my friend Linda the other day, uh-huh. and she spilled Linda. some tea. Was that
0: good? Like literal tea on her lap? Or?
1: No, like, you know,
0: gossip information. There you go. She yeah. spelt, so I think the best thing would be like, but hey, I, I was with my friend gossip. Linda, that gossipy you-know-what, and she spilt the tea on all the things happening in her life. Oh, okay. Because if to you said she spilt the worse. tea, I was like, did the busboy come over <laughs> and clean it up afterwards? So that's, a, well, that's an absolute point for you. Okay, good. That's an absolute point for you. All right, good. this one is going to be good. Thirsty. <laughs>
1: thirsty. Okay. So my same friend, Linda, <laughs> I was with the other day. Friggin' Linda. Oh, my gosh. She needs so much attention. Yes! It's a never-ending hole. <clears throat> she is so thirsty.
0: That is absolutely perfect. <laughs> Describe someone who is desperate for attention, More, mostly from a romantic interest, but that is, that is perfect. Absolutely perfect. All right. Um, if I told you vibe check, what's a vibe check? Vibe check. Vibe check. V i b
1: e. Vibe. vibe check. Um, so Kevin,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I just really want to know, like, how are you feeling today? How's it going for you? Give me your vibe check.
0: Oh my God, it's brilliant. Okay, a quick check of the vibes and the attitudes in any situation. I love it. Good. That's absolutely perfect. I
1: can almost hang out with you people.
0: That's four, I think. Right.
1: Was that four? Yeah. All, All right. right. One more. Use
0: use slaps
1: oh no i have no idea slaps, slaps. okay um so mm-hmm. my friend linda
0: oh god it's freaking linda get I out know. of here
1: so linda says some things sometimes that just are right <laughs> sure and she deserves some slaps this way
0: Oh, my God. No. So I think you used it in the right way. I mean, everything we know about Linda. Um, But slaps is a positive term for anything cool. So be like, hey, did you hear that new Drake album? Man, that thing slaps. Yeah, I'll probably never be using that. Okay. Okay. So here's the one that I know you already know that we've talked about. And, Deb, why is it really bad to be a Karen? (laughs) (laughs)
1: Okay, so let's give a little background on the Karen thing. Oh, my so gosh. It was some time before that Central Park woman.
0: Oh, Karen's been around forever, but yeah. Right. I mean, she was but the sometime, definition of it. It was yeah.
1: sometime before that that I um, said, like, explain the whole Karen thing mm-hmm. to me, right? And you did. And then um, I became very concerned because I didn't want to be a Karen, right? I kind of became a little right, obsessed. Because you are like.
0: <laughs> Prime Karen, if you if you if you so chose to be right. Well, anybody an, can an, be an a older Karen. white woman. Not that I view you as old, older, but you're older. Older white woman. The government would call you older. I don't
1: think I'm entitled, though. No, I don't believe so. I don't think I. But act I'm just that saying
0: way. you would physically fit the mold. But I
1: would say this in a customer service environment oh where I might be receiving like poor customer night. service, yeah, like last night. I might be a, a little edgy. <laughs> not edgy. 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 Yeah. A little bit edgy. A it could happen. Edgy. And I want to say that since I've fully learned the definition of a Karen, mm-hmm. since I watched the Central Park woman, mm-hmm. then I watched that woman tell the guy he couldn't put Black Lives Matter on his own property. Right. Watched her. Then I watched a couple men and there should be, I don't know, what do we call a man, Karen? But mm-hmm. a couple of men do the same kind of thing. I went like, okay. So there's a couple rules here. Number one, don't be entitled and obnoxious. Nobody likes it. Number two, when somebody pulls the camera out, quit speaking immediately and walk away. Um, But so a Karen is an entitled white woman. There's something about the haircut of the Kate and eight or something like that wedgie haircut. Kate plus eight. Kate plus eight. Thank you. Um, But acting really entitled and expecting everybody else, expecting... Different treatment for herself Got than it. everybody else, right? Is that a good?
0: I think it's a it's a yeah beautiful way to summarize a terrible. We person. don't want to be a character. Nobody, not wants ever. That. And I think you did really good at using it in a sentence. I think you were three for five.
1: Oh, good, good. And the ones that you Slaps, completely no whiffed way. on were great. Yeah, but what was the thing I saw on your shirt the other day? I don't know about.
0: We're not going to do dead air. We'll Another word money. for party? Oh, God. It's just a... St- it's, called, it's called... It was a shirt that had the word dartying on it. which dartying. Is a, a day party. Day partying. Right. But
1: there's not nardying.
0: Right. That would just <laughs> be a night party also known yeah. as a party. There
1: should be, though, right?
0: Well, yeah. It's called partying. I think partying well, is Well, there are parties during the day. Right. It's called, that's called dartying. <laughs>
1: that's just so ridiculous. <laughs> what you're doing to our language is crazy. I'm not
0: doing anything. I'm just following suit. Um... Okay, as we wind this up, yeah, okay. I mean, name another podcast that'll tell you how to properly train and use the word slaps in a conversation. I mean, we are cutting edge right now.
1: Well, and we also have the perfect recipe for salsa verde. I mean, who has I that? I mean,
0: we're coming to the table with recipes. <sighs> we're telling you how to be a good manager or employee, and we're keeping you up to date on modern pop culture words. I mean... Who does it better than us? Nobody. 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 That I'm aware of. All right. As we wind down, Deb, this week, what are you thankful for? Hmm. What are you, Deb Z, thankful for? Why don't you go for? first? No, I asked you because <laughs> I'm certainly just going to sit here and think about it up until I have to answer yeah, it. Yeah, okay.
1: I, okay, <clears throat> I am thankful Hmm.
0: This should not take this long. No, I know. But I there. want it to
1: be something meaningful. Well,
0: that's okay. It doesn't have to be meaningful. I got excited. My thankfulness last week was to play a board game.
1: Okay. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's true. That was. Um, well, I speaking of board games. I mean, it's
0: technically not a board game. It's a role-playing game. Right. But, well, speaking. I mean, of, semantics.
1: But speaking of board games, yep. on Father's Day, Yeah. we played Ticket to Ride, the uh-huh. American version. Yep. And I won. You did win. So I am thankful Handily. for that. Handed yes, yes. It was a good win. Um, So I am thankful for that. And I had the longest train that Mm -hmm. went all the way around the United States, for those that know the game. Um, I am thankful because yesterday I made a comment. We live in Reno, Nevada, and it's gotten hot. Like yesterday was 98 degrees. Very hot. It's gotten very hot, very fast. And I made the comment yesterday, wouldn't it be nice if we could just have some cool days Mm -hmm. every once in a while? And what happened at 4 o'clock in the
0: afternoon? A freak thunderstorm rolled in. The clouds rolled in.
1: It got dark. The temperature dropped a little bit. Mm -hmm. It got a little rain. It was lovely. So I am grateful for that.
0: Love that. Hey, I love that for you. Do you? That you you can appreciate the weather rolling in over the mountains.
1: I can. That's great. I hate the the 98 degrees.
0: I get that. I hate 98 degrees, but I love 98 degrees, the band.
1: Oh, who, Which Remember ones them? were, they were the boy band from
0: the 90s? With, are there people I would know? Uh, Nick Lachey. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. is it yeah, Nicholas? Yeah, Nicholas and his brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Nice reference. Okay. Can you name a song? Um, I swear. Oh yeah. I swear, I'm definitely yeah. not going to sing that song. Yeah. All right. I am thankful for this kind of. This is a small thing, but when we go shopping and we are bountiful with food again, it it almost calms me. Like we have iced teas out in the garage and we have broccoli and peppers and all the things in the in the fridge it's just like i can stay in this cocoon of of abundance of food right S- but so food in is saying security that, for you. saying that as i think about that we're very low on greek yogurt and that is starting to give me anxiety
1: i thought you would have anxiety because we're getting low on eggs
0: oh, and eggs too i meant to tell i'm gonna add that to the list i don't like that But I like everything else. So my thankfulness is of the things that we're full for. Okay.
1: So a a well-plenished pantry and refrigerator. Totally. Makes you happy.
0: Yes. And and you're grateful. Not only does it make me feel better, but I know that that's not the case for lots of families right now. So I, I, I sit in appreciation for that.
1: So as we close
0: oh, okay, yeah, take it over.
1: Why don't you share, because we we opened with me saying my new favorite meal, mm-hmm. right? I mean,
0: breakfast meal,
1: right? I described it.
0: Yeah, that's the same podcast. That was 45 minutes ago. <laughs> okay,
1: well, it seems like so long yeah, ago. No, yeah. um, why don't we close with you sharing with everybody what you eat for your first meal of the day?
0: Oh, sure. So my first meal, and has been this way for over a year now, is I take onions, bell peppers, broccoli, garlic, and then baby zucchini squash something like that i dice it all up put it in the pan saute it almost get a nice little char on it so it's kind of like a hash
1: riced cauliflower
0: deb who's telling the story sorry i thought you forgot it no i didn't forget it i make it every day
1: okay go ahead
0: and then when it's halfway done cooking i add riced cauliflower to it and then whatever type of protein that we have in the refrigerator so if it's ground beef or steak or chicken or i mean i've put tofu in there whatever is something that's left over it, it gets reused I put that into a bowl. Then in the same pan, I cook three eggs over easy. When that's done, I then take um, frozen berries, which we have thawed. I mash them up with the handle of a potato masher because that's all, all we have. <laughs> and then I add... Which
1: is heavily stained with berry heavily juice Heavily
0: stained. It looks like somebody took it to the side of their head and bled all over it. But that's just going to be a fun story to tell the kids. Yeah. And then I add two-thirds um, of a cup of of Greek yogurt to it. And then I have a coffee and I have an iced tea.
1: And you put the eggs over the scramble mix. The the hash, right? The the hash, yeah. And I
0: chop and mince it all up so that nice ooey runny yolk goes all all over everything. And it is a delicious meal.
1: I want to say that it smells really good when you cook it because you start with the onions and the garlic. I do want to say, however, though, and I think it's a really nutritious meal and well-balanced. Of course it is. Um, But I do want to say... God help the person that enters the kitchen while you're doing well,
0: it. Well, okay, we, we need to wrap this up, but I'm going to tell you this right now because this isn't time for airing it out. That's not the segment, okay? We were going to try to end on a really nice note, things that I'm thankful for. But when you know that I come down to the kitchen every single day at the exact same time, like friggin' clockwork, and you're like, oh, what are you doing down here? And then try to, oh, let me just reach under here and let me just grab this. And oh, I didn't know I was in your way. This is so weird. What are you doing down here at 10.45 a.m.? I just have to... Take a deep breath, remind myself that this isn't my house, <laughs> and then just go about my business.
1: And be grateful.
0: And I'm always grateful. Yeah. I just told you I'm grateful. And be grateful. Right <laughs> of course. Um, so that, all that being said, what a perfect segue. What's for dinner tonight?
1: Well, oh God, I'm going with right. Daddy to the golf course, Steve. Mm-hmm. He invited me. I don't know what you're doing. I
0: think my invitation got lost.
1: Your invitation got lost.
0: What are you guys going to have?
1: I don't know. Whatever's gluten-free.
0: I'm going to tell you what I'm going to have. What are you going to have? Sorrow and sadness. <laughs> Sorrow and sadness. As I eat by myself. With the There's an extra filet in the... I saw that. I think I'm going to make meatballs.
1: Are you? Yeah. You make great
0: meatballs. I know. What's well, your recipe.
1: Yeah, but they're still good. You they're do a good job. Good. I yeah. think it's meatballs. Three kinds of meat. That's a secret.
0: All right. Well, that is the podcast for this week. Again, we appreciate everybody that tuned in and listened um we will be dropping these once a week and um we look forward to talking to you next week thank you love you mama
1: love you honey Bye. Bye.
0: thank you for listening to the deb and kev podcast remember to like and subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast follow deb and kev on facebook and on instagram and
1: twitter at deb and kev pod